Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 2 Peter and learning what it means to grow in grace. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back to uh, this episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, we are, of course, in 2 Peter, and so thanks for joining us for this brand new study have my mug for the day. It is my, <laughs> it's my I am over it or I'm over it mug. It, for those of you listening, it has a picture of a guy with a mask on a la pandemic and it says I'm over it and so am I. I'm glad that mask days are in the past. Uh, we are, uh, as I said, in Second Peter chapter one and we, we ended last episode in verse eight where the Bible says, for if these things, and you're going to see the reiteration of of that uh, term, these things, these things, what things, the things about which we've been speaking, this outline for the Christian life, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance and, and so on, these ideals, these components. So if these things, if this is truly, these truly serve as the operative principles in your life, then, then watch the Bible promise, verse number eight. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So boy, if you want to assure a fruitful, fruit-bearing, productive life for Christ, then here it is. These are the ideals to which we should aspire and that are available to us by God's grace and knowing Christ and having a relationship with him and uh, aligning our attitude along these lines. What a great promise uh, that we have. Look at verse number nine. But, so here's the converse. Here's what a life of productivity looks like. Here's what a life of fruitfulness looks like. But now look at the, the antithesis of that, verse number nine. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And we need to take those two terms together. He's blind and cannot see afar off. In other words, he's short-sighted. He, he's blind to all that he should be able to see. Uh, he stumbles. So he's blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So what a statement. He, he's blind. He cannot see afar off. Uh, he has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So here's a person, think about it, who is unstable in his present walk. He, he's short-sighted. He, he's, he sees foggily. He can't see far off. You don't want him driving without contact lenses. Can't see afar off. And he, he has no context of where he came from. He's lost. So a person who doesn't know where he is, he's not sure where he is, doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know where he came from, that sounds like a person that is entirely disoriented. And, and that's, what, that's what's true of a believer who is not walking with the Lord. That's it's true of a believer who is not prioritizing these things. The Bible says he's in a state of spiritual disorientation would be a good way to say that. So let's break that down. So he's blind. He cannot see afar off. Have you ever met a believer who is just not living for the Lord? 
Uh, he's not concerned about virtue or uh, adding to his faith knowledge, virtue and knowledge and self-control and all these things about which we've spoken. He's not focused on others, brotherly love and, and charity. He's just kind of focusing upon himself. He's living for himself. Uh, he's a carnal Christian. Uh, what, what characterizes that person? Well, certainly what characterizes that person is short-sightedness. Uh, there's a, 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 a view of life that only takes in what this life can offer. There's a view of life that doesn't see what's eternally significant, doesn't see beyond the pleasures of tomorrow. And that's what the Bible's teaching here. So he's, he's blind. He cannot see afar off. He's not taking eternity into consideration in his decision-making. But then the Bible says he has been, uh, he has forgotten that he has been purged from his old sins. So one of, one of the reasons why he is so disoriented, one of the reasons why he struggles with spiritual perceptiveness is because he, has, he forgot where he came from. We, we've often heard that, that terminology. Hey, don't forget where you came from. And how true is that? That as believers, we need always to remember where we came from. That's, that's who I was. This is who I am. You know who did that so wonderfully? Uh, that is the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul never forgot where he came from. It seems as if every time he had an opportunity, he talked about, hey, this is who I was. This is who I was. Before, I was a persecutor. I was injurious to the cause of Christ. He talked all about that in 1 Timothy. Uh, I was the chief of sinners. Uh, by the grace of God, I am what I am, he said to the church at Corinth. Uh, to um, uh, where, where else was I thinking? Oh, yeah, there to the Philippians. He said, those things which, uh, which were gained to me, I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss of all things, uh, uh, forgetting those things which are behind in the sense of allowing them to dominate my focus. So Paul, boy, he never forgot where he came from, did he? Uh, when he had opportunities to stand before people like Felix or Festus or Agrippa, he talked about that road to Damascus. Hey, this is where I came from. When he wrote the letter to the Galatians, remember he talked about uh, being saved. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. And he goes on to tell his testimony. So Paul said, boy, I never forgot where I came from. One of the greatest incentives for us to pursue a life of godliness, one of the greatest influential thoughts for us to have in prioritizing these things in our life is to remember we're nothing without Christ. Uh, we were lost. We were undone. We were hell bound. Uh, but now we've been saved by God's grace and saved for a purpose. And so, yes, by grace, we have been saved through faith, but we've been saved uh, because we are uh, we have good works that God has foreordained that we should walk in them. So now we're at a place where we can be used of God. We can serve God. We have purpose in God's will. So the, the productive and, and fruitful Christian life is one that understands these things, that activates 
these things in real time in our life. Uh, We're seeing down the road. We understand that we have eternal significance and we're living for eternity. We remember where we came from, what God's doing. That, my friends, is the productive Christian life. That's the life where we have spiritual equilibrium not the life that's short-sighted, that forgets all that God has done, that just considers what's in it for me in the moment. That is a very selfish and unproductive life. So these things, if these things be in you, wow, fruitfulness. If we're not pursuing these things, wow, blindness and ultimately uh, unproductiveness. Now look at verse number uh, 10. Uh, where the Bible continues on, wherefore, so based upon the teaching of these things, says Peter, based upon a life of either productivity or barrenness, your choice, wherefore, uh, the rather, brethren, give diligence, see the the reclaiming of that theme, diligence, Uh, give diligence, uh, verse number 10, to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. See, it's, it's possible for believers to get into such a selfish funk that they forget who they were. They forget what God's done in their life. They begin to doubt their own salvation. But the Bible says that as we grow in grace, as we cooperate with God's Holy Spirit, who's nudging us and convicting us and urging us, as we don't quench him, as we don't resist him, as we don't grieve him, as we listen to the still small voice of God's spirit, as we align ourselves with the word of God, as we uh, add these things to our faith, then the Bible says we, we, in essence, make our calling and election sure. That gives us a confidence in our life. It's not that that makes us saved or uh, saved, or in in some sense, we have to, uh, uh, kind of complete our own salvation. No, that's not the point. The point here is that there's great confidence and great assurance as we are walking in these things. Now think about these things are not simply moralistic behavioral, behavioral, behavioral. How do you pronounce behavioral? Behavioral. There we go. Behavioral things like, hey, just be more loving, be more kind, Uh, be more godly, do more. Uh, No, these aren't moralistic obligations, but these are simply, these are evidences of people that are living in the spirit. You know, God is doing a work of grace in our heart, whereby we want to be like Christ, whereby we want to serve others, whereby we want to sacrifice, whereby we, so when we do these things, the doing of these things really, in essence, is a validation that God is alive and well via his spirit in my life. So we make our calling and election sure. The Bible says in verse number 10, and if you do these things, you shall never fall. So you want a, do you want a formula for a life without stumbling? This is it. Stay focused on uh, adding to your faith. Stay focused on being submissive to God's Holy Spirit. Be focused on the big rock of maintaining an active, vibrant fellowship with God, an experiential knowledge of Christ. But it all comes back to our focus upon Him, our relationship with Him, and how that relationship is evidenced in the way that we treat other people. 
And so loving God, loving others, what a great indicator of fruitfulness. Do, do you see now why the Apostle Peter was so intent on people knowing these things? Why he made it such a big deal to say, hey, I want before I die to have in writing. Now, we, we understand that it's the Holy Spirit that's leading Peter, and this is the, these are the words of Holy Scripture. But from a human standpoint, you're going to understand why Peter would say, this is why this is so essential. Why? Because these things are key categorically. These things are key as far as an outline to what it means to be productive, to be fruitful, not to be barren, to be confident in our faith, to be all that God wants us to be. So we ought to take time, my friends, and go back and reflect upon these things. I I know that we only spent a couple days going through that outline. We probably should have spent a whole lot more time, but for sake of this podcast, we just try to keep on moving right through scripture. But don't allow the fact that we've gone through this in a couple 15-minute segments preclude you from stopping and meditating on these things because they are so key to the life that we should live for Jesus. Remember when Jesus said to Peter in the upper room, Peter, I'm praying for you. You're going to fail. You're going to deny me, but I'm praying for you. And when you're converted, in other words, when you come to your right thinking, when you get back to the place of productivity, then Peter, I want you to strengthen the brethren. And here's Peter doing that. He's using his apostolic ministry. He's up in years. He's trying to encourage these people all uh, throughout uh, Asia Minor. Hey, be strengthened by your relationship with Christ. Pursue these things. Live the life that God intended for you to live by his grace. So we'll stop there for today. We're going to come back to verse number uh, 11. Uh, Next episode, hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.